This is Elise Comerford and this is the Primal Alternative Podcast. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Have you ever wondered whether you should dig gaps or whether maybe you're not going to be like as wellness evolved until you've done intro to gaps? Uh, that's something I often wonder as well and think, oh, maybe I should just dig gaps and then that will be the end of all of my, you know, ongoing health journey and I'll be done. <laughs> so I wanted to get our um, good friend, Elise Comerford, onto the show today just to ask her, should we do gaps? And when should we do gaps? Is it necessary for everybody to do? So you've probably heard of Elise because she does a lot of work with the beautiful Jo Witten from Quirky Cooking. And she's an integrative nutritionist and a certified GAPS practitioner. So GAPS stands for Gut and Psychology Physiology Syndrome. She's also a holistic health coach, an exercise scientist, keynote speaker, mentor, and most importantly, mum to Dylan. And her focus over the last few years has been in private practice, helping hundreds of families overcome a whole host of different health issues through the implementation of nourishing and healing uh, dietary principles. But it doesn't just stop with food, which is what I love so much about Elise's Um, approach to healing. For her, it's about reducing toxic stress um, as well as the GAPS protocol. And it's become a speciality and has led her to work with families all over the world. Um, And it's been a a culmination of her education and experience in nutrition, but most importantly, her own experience on her healing journey, which she's going to share with us in the show today. And it's in that experience that that's driven her passion to empower as many people as possible with the key to their own health. So her approach is based on taking the normal guilt, blame, shame, deprivation approach and turning it completely on its head, focusing instead on healing, nourishing and listening to the body. Oh, hello freaking Louis. Because I tell you what, there are a few um, different approaches to healing and gut healing out there that can be pretty dogmatic and pretty intense. And, you know, like people are canceling social events because they can't go because they're going to get off track. And I don't know, like, what do you do? Like you're on this thing for a certain period of weeks and then what? Like you just kick out the end of it? Like... For me, it seems a bit too like boom and bust and almost like diet mentality. Do you know what I mean? And if you don't get the desired healing that you bought in for, then it's not because the protocol didn't work. It's because you didn't do it right, which doesn't seem right either. Do you? Do you think? Like, I don't think it sounds right. So I love Elise because as I said, she doesn't think that nutrition is the most important piece of the puzzle. And then we all know you can't eat yourself out of a shitty lifestyle or a job that doesn't work or a dysfunctional relationship, right? You can't. You can't eat your way out of a shitty lifestyle, right? <laughs> so um, Elise is very much into looking into the blue zones and, you know, what is it about these areas of the world where people live for such a long time and they live healthy, happy, joyful existences? You know, they're certainly not stressing out about which gut healing protocol to do next, you know, (laughs) and you don't need to either, which is so good. So in today's episode, we are going to dive into, where's a bit, where's my notes there? Oh yeah. 
um, why um, you should do gaps and, and if you should do it, when you should do it. We're going to talk about the best way to do gaps. We're going to talk about full gaps and intro to gaps. Um, Elise is going to share her healing journey and why she knows that nutrition isn't just it. It's, it's just a very, you know, one piece of a multi-dimensional jigsaw. We're going to talk about an acceptable level of busyness, which I like. And if you've tried everything else, but you've still got some digestive issues, you've still got some underlying things that haven't been fully rectified through your you know, transition to paleo or primal or low carb or gluten free, then gaps might just be the thing you need. And why intro to gaps doesn't have to be scary. Elise also drops a bone broth bombshell, which I actually only found out for myself a few months ago as well. So make sure you listen to that. It's about three quarters of the way in the episode, the bone broth bombshell. And we're going to discuss what the gaps principles are and what full gaps is and what the healing foods of the gaps diet are. So once you've listened to this podcast, you will be able to walk away thinking, yep, yeah, you know what? I'm going good. Uh, there's a few things I can introduce into my life. Like maybe it might be some healing foods like uh, meat stocks of extra fats or cod liver oils or egg yolks or offal. You might think, yep, yeah, I can scatter a few of those through my diet. Or you might think, yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm in a really, um, not in a really good way at all. And I'm feeling pretty stressed out and I really do need the next thing and gaps is the next step. And Elise is a beautiful person to work with. Like if I was going to do gaps, I would work with Elise and I would probably get on board with Joe and Elise's um, course, which is called the Gut Health Formula, which pretty much it's a four to six week course. They're just running the first round of it at the time of recording. And what they found is people don't want like just all the information shoved in in four weeks. They want to like have time to absorb it, integrate it and ask their questions. And journalists have just got all the time in the world for their um, people on the courses and they only take in a small number of people so that they can give them their undivided attention. So, you know, with Elise's gaps knowledge and Joe's amazing cooking ability to actually go, okay, all right, well, those are the principles. How do I actually make that work during the week? Like what does my meal plan look like? And are the kids going to eat that or are they going to throw it across the floor? So just an absolute winning combination, Joe and Elise. Beautiful women who, you know, have found their way of doing things based on their own healing journeys. And it's really based on, well, kind of common sense, common sense, you know, like, we still want to be with our families. We still want to socialize. We still want connection. We don't want to be just on some crazy protocol that makes us more stressed out than ever. Because what's the point? Yeah, what's the point? Seriously, especially if it might do more harm than good. So be careful if you're looking at protocols out there. Be really careful and trust your intuition. Like if you think, mm, I'm not sure that's going to work for me, then don't do it. But if you, you come across an approach and you think, yeah, look, that feels like it's doable and it doesn't seem to that kind of squeezy feeling where it's like, I'm not sure if that, move away from that. But if it feels like, yeah, it feels quite expansive and open, give it a crack. What have you got to lose? All right. So Naughty Elise didn't send me her address. So I couldn't get her any primal alternative goodies across, but I will be now. We'll get primalist to Helen, not me. <laughs> Prime Minister Helen in Byron Bay to um, make some beautiful goodies and get them across to Elise. So at the time of recording, so you'll be getting this episode on July the 24th. Hello, future. Um, I will have just opened intake three on Tuesday, July the 21st. So whew, I am just wrapping up intake two. I've got another week to go. And then I'm looking forward to a three week break, which sort of integrates, well, break in inverted commas, because you know, it's school holidays. 
um, different kind of pace, different kind of uh, <laughs> different kind of schedule, but still a break from recruiting and interviewing primal listers. Um, so if you want to get on board as a primal alternative producer, now is now is the time. I'm looking to recruit primal listers in Australia, New Zealand, the United States, and United Kingdom. And if you're from an outside of one of those countries and you want to find out more or see if it could work in your country, I am open to exploring that with you. Our new territory primalistas need to be a little bit more of a pioneer because there are certain things we need to work out in new countries like finding ingredient suppliers, working out the best pricing, getting the labels right, that kind of thing. But it's... um. Once it's done, it's done, and you'll be paving the way for all of the future primalisters that are coming in your territory. So if you don't know what a primalister is, it's a primal alternative producer. Primal alternative is a grain-free food range. So my vision is really just to make grain-free living easier because you can still have bread, you can still have cookies, you can still have pizzas, you can have wraps, you can have bagels, which at least can't wait to get a hands-on. You can have waffles, pancakes, there's pastry we do quirky cookings pastry there really isn't you know you you can stop saying i can't have that stop saying i can't have that you can have it you just have to have a different version of it a primal alternative to the foods you love just a different different ingredients more nourishing ingredients uh less inflammatory and more delicious. Like seriously, I think these products are way more tasty than the conventional um, crap that's in the supermarket. So if you haven't come across Primal Alternative before, please head to primalalternative.com. Check out our range. You can see all of the ingredients. It's, it's not just grain-free, but it's super real food, clean, non-nasties, paleo food. So it's made from real food. There's no cack in it, which is good. And we've got something for everyone. So there's stuff in the range that will get past your most dubious beige eating child <laughs> and also your dubious husband. Uh, so the chocolate chip cookies and the regular pizza bases, they are the most kind of like mainstream friendly that I can just give um, my friends, uh, my kids' friends. I can just give that to them when they come over for sleepovers and they don't even know that it's healthy. <laughs> they just think they're having a pizza, you know, from the supermarket. Um, yeah, but we've also got low-carb and keto options, which is definitely more of an acquired palate, um, but absolute best-selling products as well. And we've also got vegan products, not necessarily for vegans, but for those of you with egg and dairy intolerances, then, um, yeah, there's products out there for you. So we've got the Nunnut Hemp Wraps. We've got the turmeric and hemp seed bread and the fruit toast and the pastry are all vegan. Winning. We've also got low FODMAP versions, GAPS-friendly bread. So it really is worth going and exploring the range and working out what fits in with you and what you need in your diet. And I'm talking about diet as a noun, not a verb, not being on a diet, just what you actually eat. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Thanks so much for tuning in. you dead set legend, yeah. And I will see you on the other side of this interview with Elise. Yay, Elise. I am so stoked to get to chat to you. Like we were just saying off air, like we feel like we've already met because we've got a mutual yeah. beautiful friend, Joe Whitten. <laughs> Shout out to Joe. Love you, Joe. <laughs> we love you Joe. so this is going to be such a juicy chat and I, I just you know have been thinking about gaps looking at gaps hearing about gaps watching Joe's story seeing all the other stories unfold and even seeing friends of mine becoming gaps practitioners and gaps coaches but not really fully understanding who gaps is for and what it really involves but it looks kind of scary so I want to just dive straight in Actually, I need to ask you, what did you have for breakfast? That is my first question. I'm too excited to find out about gaps, but what did you have for breakfast first? So for breakfast this morning, on a Friday, we go to our local farmer's market. So I had an organic buckwheat crepe with organic ham and mushrooms and tomato and cheese and egg on it. 
That sounds delicious. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. My son loves Fridays, a crepe day. Yeah. You must live in a really cool place. I always think when places have got okay. farmer's markets that aren't on Saturday, I'm like, oh, that's a really cool place to have markets. Yes, I live in Mullumbimby, which is in the Byron Shire, so it is quite a cool place and we have access to amazing food. Yeah, but you do. Yeah, Byron is, like, so cool. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah okay so let's just go with the first question should i do gaps like not me but i mean should one do gaps? like when do we know that it's time to do gaps okay so it's a kind of a how long's a piece of string question but the way i would come around to that is first of all you really need to look at your health where it is right now so we can get very kind of caught up in looking for something outside ourselves. We all do it. We're all Googling. We're looking for the right protocol, the right answer, the, and, and we're basing it on other people's experiences, other people's knowledge to find what's right for us. So the first way I like to look at that is to actually look at where you're at because if I'm deciding, well, not that I decide for someone, but if I'm helping someone to decide whether or not they need to do gaps, it's not just based on their health. It's also based on what's going on in their life, the context of things, where their diet is currently at, what they're prepared to do, how they're feeling, how much stress they've got going on in their lives, if they're finding it overwhelming, how busy their schedule is. So there's so much more to it than just gaps. So I'm a nutritionist that doesn't think nutrition is the most important thing and I always think that's quite funny. Um, But nutrition is just a piece of the puzzle. So when we look at our life as a whole, there's many important factors in our lives and nutrition is just one piece of that puzzle. So I often talk about the blue zones and if anyone hasn't heard of the blue zones, they're the areas in the world that have the most people that live into their 90s and 100s, you know, healthily. Uh, And when we look at the factors that make these people live long and healthy, happy lives, then it's things like having a good community connection, having spirituality, having life purpose, having joy in their life, um, surrounding themselves with like-minded people, that they value family. There's even that they have a wine at five and Joe and I always joke that we're going to have to start drinking. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) Um, And then one factor in there is that they have um, a balanced diet with a lot of plant foods. So but there's no specific diet in there. And when, if we look, if we go and talk to these people that live in these blue zones in places like Ikaria or Okinawa in Japan, they're not wondering which protocol is the right one for them for starters. So <laughs> something that I do in, with my clients and in my programs is that I like to get people to first mm. look at their health priority list. And looking at your health priority list, you're not just writing down, I need to lose weight and I need to fixed my eczema and it, you know it's not this kind of stuff it's more looking like if you do want to lose weight why and it might be because I want to wake up and I want to have lots of energy and I want to be able to run around with my kids and I want to be able to enjoy my weekends with my family and I want to be able to go out with my friends and eat things without worrying that it's going to hurt my belly and have to stress about that I just want to be able to enjoy food that's served to me so if we, you know, if we really look at the whys, that's what I like people to put down on their health priority list, the real whys of what they're wanting. And then when you look at the approach you might then look at taking to get there, you've got to look then, does it line up with my health priority list? Is this approach going to help me get there? And so that's where nutrition comes into the puzzle for me because if you do feel really tired you're nutrient deficient, if you're reacting to a lot of foods, if um, you've got an intestinal disorder like a bowel disease, irritable bowel um, or Crohn's or something like that, then it does then impact on those really important areas of your life. So that's where I see nutrition as being that where it comes in as that piece of the puzzle. The end result is not perfect nutrition. The end result is all those other areas of your life that you're able to thrive in those. Um, and then we can kind of trace that back and see if, if we can heal something nutritionally that's affecting us day to day, we can then put our attention to thrive in those areas. Um, so I just find that I really love teaching that perspective 
because it gives us just that. It gives us perspective to then not go chasing down a rabbit hole that ends up ruining your relationships, your social connections. Your, I, I kind of went down this path myself, so it was kind of learning on my own journey that that didn't work. So I'm giving a really long answer to get around whether you should or should not do gas. <laughs> um, but I, that's, that's the first step is looking at where does it sit in my priority list. Um, and so I see stress as being any form of stress, whether it be a chemical stress with the food that you're eating, that you're reacting to, causing inflammation, that's a stress. And so is psychological stress. So worrying, stressing over doing the right diet, stressing over work, stressing over family, anything like that. Um, and then physical stress, if you're rushing around too much and um, if you're over-exercising or there's trauma or injury. So we've got all these sources of stress and our body responds to them all in the same way. So we really need to look at not increasing one form of stress to try and reduce the other. So an example of that would be trying to do a protocol but becoming very overwhelmed and stressed in order to implement it. So if you kind of look at the balance of stress, you're probably overall increasing it. Um, you know, you might bring down some of that chemical stress of food and intolerances and inflammation. Um, but if you're becoming very psychologically stressed in order to do it, you're not actually heading the direction you want to go. And, and, you know, if you kind of then go and look at your health priority list, you could really question, am I, am I really going in the direction of what health looks like to me? So that's kind of the whole bigger picture of what I'd look at when it comes to doing something like GAPS. And then from there, I would look at what aspects of your life uh, need the most attention. So if, you're, if you've got a really busy job and it's really stressful and your kids' calendars are really busy and there's lots of rushing around from one thing to the next, I would say reducing stress in that sense would be the most important reduction of stress. It's probably not going to be nutrition stress that will be top of the list there if we consider what form of stress is impacting on you the most. Um, so Joe talks about this a lot too. Like she's really big on slowing things down, simplifying and making room in your life so that you can start to make these changes. And then I would look at what the next step is for you. So I encourage people only to look at gaps if it feels like the next best step for them. And if it feels like if you look at something like GAPS and you think, oh, my goodness, that is so overwhelming, like I did three years before I ever did it, I looked at it and went, no, thank you, on to the next thing. Um, and I wasn't ready then. So I did other things. I started making bone broths. I started fermenting foods. I started um, taking probiotics. I started taking cod liver oil. I started taking grains out of my diet. So I did other steps. And then at some point... Gaps felt like the next step for me. So that would be, I guess, that more clear way of how you would look at is gaps right for me? Should I do it? It's really looking at does it feel like the next step? And if not, how do I work towards it? So rather than kind of going for the diet starts Monday approach, which I don't at all encourage, um, it's really looking at if I think that heading in the direction of gaps is the way that I want to go, how do I actually start taking steps towards there that maintain my health priority list? There's your long answer. <laughs> and that was the Primal Alternative Podcast, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> That's the answer to the question. <laughs> Are you still there, Elise? I'm just joking. You haven't hung up, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I talk a lot. No, no, it's, no, it's perfect. No, seriously, that is a really good answer. And I love that. Like, I love how you're a nutritionist that doesn't see nutrition as the most important piece of the puzzle. And that is so true, isn't it? And we all know that we can't eat our way out of a crappy lifestyle. Or, a, or a shit You just cannot. You just cannot. It doesn't matter how many superfoods and spray-free vegetables and grass-fed meat you've got in there. If your marriage is not good, then that's something it's in its own self that needs to be addressed, right? So exactly. that, that's so interesting. And I love how your approach is meeting you where you're at. And I can see how unhelpful and dysfunctional it would be 
to do a protocol or any kind of way of life or way of eating that was going to impede social relationships, make you feel deprived, make you feel like a pretzel at the next party because you can't eat anything that's there or even make you, you know, decline social invitations because you won't be able to eat anything or it might send you off track or whatever because you're on the protocol. Like that isn't really how we're designed as humans to enjoy life and to have joy and connection and celebration, is it? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And it, and science tells us that that is not right. And that's why I love talking about the blue zones because if we want to actually study it and we want to find out why people live long and healthy, happy lives, it's not because they're obsessing over nutrition. And that's why I love looking at, looking at it in that way of where nutrition comes in because if you can't enjoy social situations because you go along and you can't eat the food because you know you'll feel so sick and that's where you can see, right, I do, you know, I can see how taking this approach is going to help me improve the most important areas of my life because like many, many clients that I've worked with, they can now go and enjoy social situations because they have healed their digestive issues that have impeded that. So that's, I just think having that perspective is one of the most important things you can gain before diving into any approach with your health because then you know why you're doing it. Absolutely. And I'd love for you to share your personal journey with us as well, Elise. So I know you said that you know, you've, you've been really ill in the past and you've, you've healed and reclaimed your health and you've done gaps and now are helping others on that journey too. So can you share with us a little bit about your experience? So as a child, I, no one would ever have said I was sickly. I wasn't at all. I just seemed like a normal, um, fairly healthy child. But there was just niggly things that I had going on. So I uh, used to get ear infections. I looked, I would get quite dark circles on and off under my eyes. I would get pains in the tummy that there was never really an answer for. Uh, as a teenager, I would have constipation or diarrhea. We're all friends here, aren't we? I'll share yeah, my bowel story. About poo, bring um, so, yeah, I'm <laughs> used to it. Um, so I just kind of thought it was normal to have either constipation or diarrhea. I didn't really know. Um, what a normal stool was in my childhood. Um, And as a teen, my periods were quite painful. I had a lot of acne. I used to get a lot of sinus issues as well. That went on into my 20s. There was, I had fibrocystic breasts. I would get cysts occasionally on my ovaries as well. I would start to get anxiety and depression in my late teens and early 20s. I had really bad breath. And I had coating, like white coating on my tongue. I used to sometimes break out in hives and they would just be randomly and I would never know why. And sometimes lumps on the bottom of my feet, just red lumps all over the bottom of my feet, which I also never knew why. And swollen glands and lymph nodes that would just pop up randomly every now and then. And... I always say I need a list when I go through all of this, all the little things. And when I kind of rattle them all off like that, it's like, wow, she had a lot going on. But if you kind of go back through your health, you can start putting some puzzle pieces together. And I would never through any of that have said that I was really sick. Like I was active and, um, you know, thin. So to me, that was like, okay, well, I'm healthy because I'm thin. Um, But I did that kind of puzzle pieces together that all these things were related. So I used to also get a, also get a lot of pains in my knees. I had to stop playing sport because I would get so much pain in my knees. And so in my 20s, that all started getting a lot worse, um, particularly the anxiety, depression and the digestive stuff. So it seems that the other things, you, they, you know, they pop up every now and then. The digestive stuff is every day. So I would just get more bloated, more diarrhea, you know, sometimes not making it. Um, And I like to tell people that because so many people are suffering with that and there's so much shame around it with um, IBS. So that was the case for me. And I have lots of friends who have shared their stories as well. So I'm here to tell people that pooing your pants is not, is something that many people have done, unfortunately. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> uh, that's my public service announcement. Um, so, yeah, so that's not great in your 20s when, um, you know, you're wanting to know where every toilet is on the way to somewhere you're going because you're afraid that an accident might happen. Mm. And so um, things were getting a lot worse in that sense for me um, and the depression was getting a lot worse too and I was just becoming a lot more intolerant to things as well. So I started to, I was living in Byron Bay at the time. I went into a health food shop and got the kind of digestive pack of do this, this and this, and then your problems are all solved. And I did those and it wasn't. (laughs) Um, And so I just started trying other things as well. Like I went vegetarian, I went vegan, neither of those helped. They actually made it worse. And then I just got so frustrated that I was like, okay, I'm just going to eat food as it should look. Um, Surely if it's just natural food, it's not going to make me sick. And that did help quite a lot. But I saw that as a cleanse. I didn't see that as something that you could sustain. So although that helped, it didn't last very long for me. And then it was when I fell pregnant with my son, I'd started to kind of look into the grain-free. I'd looked at paleo and thought that who on earth could ever do that? Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and I started making bone broths and ferments. And when I was pregnant with my son, I got a lot more into it, just thinking there's someone else's life here. I was already studying and had studied by that point. So nutrition was already um, a priority for me. And so I just started delving more and more into it. I looked at gaps, went, no way, I'm never doing that. Um, and just kept going on my eventually going paleo and, and just delving more into the gut health stuff. And then eventually gaps was that right next step for me and I went down that path and I'd already been feeling a lot better on paleo a lot of my digestive stuff had resolved I didn't get any sinus infections anymore Um, my energy was a lot better Um, and then gaps was just that next step to really resolve the digestive stuff and resolve the intolerances for me Um, so I did that and did resolve those and was feeling great and then um, I was living down in Sydney and I just started working with Joe Witten. So this was maybe three or four years ago. And my consulting business got really busy, obviously, once I started doing stuff with Joe. And at the same time, I was opening up a health food store in Sydney. So my life got really, really busy at that time. I was full-time consulting and then also ordering all the stock, doing all the branding to get a shop open and up and running and also sometimes working in that shop as well and hiring staff. And um, so it was really, really busy at that time. I think I might have also been studying some postgraduate thing at the same time as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so I saw my health really quite rapidly decline. And the thing was that my nutrition never changed. I'd worked through that stuff. My digestive health was so much better. My energy was great. My skin was fantastic. And for me, it's having acne all my life so badly that felt wonderful for people to actually comment how nice my skin was. Isn't it? I felt like I really... And hair as well. Like I've used, used to use Pantene for years, looking for that shiny hair, never got it. And then now people just stop me. Like I just at the dance class the other day, someone tapped me on the shoulder and like, your hair is so shiny and your skin is amazing. And at at like 44, it's so nice to hear because, you know, at 19, my eye was covered in zits. It was horrible. Yeah. So was I, I know. And it's great when people say, what do you use? And you're like, nothing. It's what I eat. Nothing. I don't even use any like cl- um, uh, cleanser and, I don't even know what they're called, cleansers and toners. No. Like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's um, I know. It's amazing. Yeah. So I felt like I'd really hit it then. I've got this, like, and I was very strict on my diet. I was sticking with gaps and really strict on that. thought I had it all covered now, but my health started rapidly declining and I couldn't figure out why. Um, And then I finally put the pieces together that I was going into adrenal burnout. So that was a really big wake up call for me in that, oh, wow, like I haven't changed my nutrition. I've ticked that box yet my health's declining. Oh, okay. It's not the whole answer. And so it took quite a lot for me to ease off my how strict and I was with my nutrition and how much I did let it impact on every other aspect of my life. And then also look at this big stress picture. And so it probably makes sense now, everything I said earlier and how I've come to that. 
because I went through that all myself. So I had to shut my shop. Um, that was a really tough decision, but I had to choose, do I want to consult and do, you know, se- seminars and that go down that path, online programs, or do I want a health food store? Like I couldn't do both. That's two different jobs for two people, like businesses. Um, so I ended up having to close my shop in Sydney and I moved up to Mullumbimby, which that's a, that's pretty good for your adrenals. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice living up here in the Rivers. And I changed my lifestyle quite a lot and I started really focusing more on lifestyle factors. So I started, I really slowed down my calendar. I talk about this kind of acceptable level of busyness and I realized that my acceptable level of busyness was quite high. So I would say yes, 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 yes to my acceptable level of busyness, but it needed to be lowered so that the things I said yes to and what I do now, it like, I'll barely say yes to two things in one day now because my acceptable level of busyness has greatly decreased to keep me in a place where I'm not rushing ever from one thing to the next. So I'm just um, on that. So yeah, that, that can Andrew just stop on that point because yeah. I think there is a big misconception between, you know, being less busy and then being less successful. But as an outsider looking in, your being less busy or you decreasing your acceptable level of busyness has actually made you more successful. It definitely has because I'm, I sharpened my focus yeah. and so, and then I'm only doing what I'm passionate about and I can deliver and walk my talk and people pick up on that. So what the things I'm saying and sharing are things I truly believe and do in my own life, not perfectly ever. And I like to tell people that too. Um, but yeah, so I do think the more you hone in on what you're passionate about, and and make sure you've got enough time for it and that every other aspect of your life is really balanced, you can then actually deliver it and that's people see that. So, yeah. And I people do. see and, it. And I've the, learned how to help. It's so, yeah, it's so true, right, because um, people see it even if they don't say it. They'll see it if they – it's almost just like an energy that people think, yeah, yeah. she's not – you know, as soon as not, she's not really authentic. She's telling us to do this but – she doesn't look like, you know, she's like, she's too stressed out or she's behind the camera. She's effing and blind, you know, whatever, you know, like people can tell, right? Absolutely. And when I moved up to Mullen and I started really focusing on that stuff and my clients kind of always know what I'm focusing on because I start making videos about it and telling them all about it as well. But I started doing like cold water immersion and breathing exercises and yoga and um, and just like relaxing and walking and just having more space and time, really quietening the calendar. And then I would have clients saying to me during a session, wow, you're looking really good. <laughs> like, yeah. So I could tell they had noticed the point at which I wasn't looking good. Um, you know, they could really see and then they could see again, oh, you're looking great. Like you're looking really well. Um, so they'd seen that change come back again. And so, yeah, that for me was that big aha moment of things that I should have already known and kind of did but wasn't putting into practice myself of really understanding the stress side of things and how big of an impact that is having. So for the people that are coming to you that are thinking, right, the next step for me is GAPS, what sort of, um, obviously without breaching any confidentialities, what sort of just, if you could be quite sort of general, what sort of yeah. um, stages are people at in terms of their health? What sort of things ca- can they not just crack by going grain-free or just, you know, having a couple of glasses of broth a week? Yeah. So in general, when people come to me, they have tried everything else. Um, so like me, when I did GAPS, it was like I tried everything else first. And that's pretty. That's a good thing because... It means you've got yourself fairly far on your health journey. And the way I like to approach health is um, with an analogy because I love analogies. Uh, it's like you don't want to rock the boat. So if you're on a boat and you try and run around on it, the boat's constantly rocking. It's all over the place. It takes a long time to ride itself. It's, not a, it's a rocky journey. If you're on a boat and you just take small steps to get to the other side of the boat, then it's a much smoother journey. The boat writes itself really quickly. That's the kind of journey we want to be on. So I think taking the small steps to get there is a good thing. So in general, when people come to me, they've already gone whole food. 
They've already tried, you know, often, not always, tried, you know, gluten-free. They're removing sugar from their diet, maybe not completely, but, you know, they're on that whole food bandwagon. They may have made stocks before. They may be including ferments in some some way. So it's really rare I would ever see someone that's on a standard diet because it's just not that natural progression. You don't go from a standard diet to, well, I think I should do GAPS. Um, generally there's steps in between that you've taken to try and avoid doing gaps. Um, so, and I say that, I say that with love for gaps because it's yeah. just kind of that, you know, yeah. the perspective we generally have when we don't know about gaps is, well, that's too scary. Um, so yeah. And so people come to me with all sorts of health issues. I do get a lot of families that will just see that there's niggly things through the family that they want to resolve. So they just might have a child with a food allergy and one that's behaviors just a bit um, all over the place or they're having issues learning at school or maybe some dark circles under the eyes. And, you know, we just kind of go through the picture of the family and there's, you know, there's just these little signs that things aren't quite right. Mum's energy isn't good. There's brain fog. So if I was approaching a family like that where there's nothing drastic, there's no kind of need to go and jump in with anything massive that's going to, like we said, tip that scale of stress. Because if we take a family like that where there's these niggly things but they can function day-to-day fairly okay, if you go and then just implement GAPS intro, you may be increasing the stress, overall stress, in order to try and heal something that's not causing a great deal of stress. So in that kind of family, I would just want to start with all the healing and nutrient-dense foods. So um, not necessarily GAPS, but just the GAPS principles because the principles in GAPS, even though we call it GAPS, they're just for human health. Like in the end, it's just talking about principles that are for human health and that GAPS is just implementing them in a certain way. So I would be wanting to bring those um, those principles into that family's life. I'd want to start meat stocks. I'd want to... Um, look at what other kind of nutrient-dense meals we could be getting in, crowd out some of the other stuff and take a nice approach like that where we're keeping the stress levels down, the overwhelm down, but we're making really good positive changes that feel sustainable and manageable because you'll make the most impact on your health when you can do something sustainable. So in that kind of situation, which is what a lot of people are in, that kind of manageable, not too crazy things going on, but they can see gut health needs a bit of help, then I would start bringing gut principles in and just go step by step from there. Um, Then I'll get people with really chronic health issues. So some of the clients I work with have like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, which are um, inflammatory bowel diseases, which I would say they're probably my clients that suffer the most. Um, Really you know, pain, so many intolerances, flares, bleeding, it's not fun at all. Um, So they're the ones where if you you can imagine if you're in that position, you'll do anything. Um, So for them, if we look at that kind of stress balance, starting something like GAPS is not going to have a massive tip on that stress scale because at at that point their stress is high in things like, will this ever resolve? Will I ever be able to go out and eat a meal with someone? Will I ever not be in pain? Is this going to be the answer? Is there an answer for me? You know, there's so much stress in living with something like that. And so gaps is just where they go straight to, like, let's do this. Like, I want to I want to heal. Um, so then I will get more kind of straight into gaps with them depending on their situation. So, um, and it's same if I'm working with someone with I'm just trying to think of the more um, serious ones that I might work with. I'd say that the digestive stuff's probably the biggest. Um, so if I'm working with other people with like kind of autoimmune conditions like osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, um, and like kids with ADD, autism, that kind of thing, then. I would still want to take that really nice and balanced approach. So they're the kind of people I would go on to full gaps with first when you're not having really, really intense digestive symptoms, then full gaps is really the place I go to first. And we could probably explain 
Yeah, that was going to be my, my next question, Lee. Like, what is what? What's full mm-hmm. gaps, and what are the gaps principles? If you could just break those down, yeah. that would be really helpful. Okay, cool. Yeah. So gaps, the gaps diet or gaps protocol consists of the introduction phase and then full gaps. And the introduction phase is what scares most people, and it's that kind of stage one is where you start just have meat stocks with the meat and the veggies. And if you tolerate dairy, then you'd have the a 24-hour fermented dairy as well. And um, so that's pretty much all you're having. And then you go through the six stages, bringing foods back in one stage at a time. And then full gaps is a whole food diet. So that's one people don't, a lot of people don't realise that full gaps is not scary at all. Full gaps is meat, veg, eggs, nuts, seeds, dairy, like good quality dairy, you know, properly fermented or um, organic ghee, butter, that kind of thing. Um, fruit, if I didn't say fruit, and some legumes. So it's really a whole food diet. It's kind of a sidestep from paleo. It's no harder or no easier, really. Uh, you can have butter and you can have those dairies, which you can't have on paleo. It sounds um, like primal. You, so primal is meat, fish, really, flour, legs, nuts, yeah. fruits, vegetables, fats and oils. And you can have dairy yeah. if you tolerate it. So that would be... Yeah, so the the particular legumes, I guess that would probably be the difference to primal. Um, but even then, you know, like even now, um, Mark Sisson, who sort of coined the term, he is saying, I know, then yeah. legumes aren't so bad. Like for me, yeah, he's prepared. Yeah, he, he, they're not as bad as greens. But yeah, if you take the kind of like um, nourishing traditions or Western air price approach to preparing them properly, then, you know, you can have a few kidney beans and your chili con carne and you're not going to die. You know, it's not, too, it's not the yeah. end of the world. Yeah. Well, on gaps there is red lentils, navy beans and lima beans. Um, yeah. So they're the ones that are on gaps because they're the lower in starches, but yeah, so it's very, it's very similar to primal. So that's where you can kind of see that, if, you, if you're looking at improving your health and you go down the path of paleo, primal or full gaps, there's really much of a muchness. I, and, and we can't just, I'd be lying to try and say gaps is the only way because look at the stories Pete Evans shares on his page of people that are writing kind of their stories of going paleo and how much it's helped them. And so, and that was my first step and it helped me a lot. I just decided I needed more. Um, to really heal my digestive system and heal the intolerances that I had. So I guess that's where GAPS really takes it that step further, um, that it's more clearly focusing on the healing foods, which are meat stocks, fats, cod liver oil, organ meats, fermented foods, um, meat stocks, fats, cod liver oil, organ meats, fermented foods, and egg yolks. So they're all the really like GAPS really prizes those foods and in particular, of course, meat stocks, which are different to bone broths. Bone broths are really long cooked. Um, when you do the really long cook, you actually cook out the healing amino acids, the glycine, the proline, um, the collagen, the gelatin. You cook those out um, and you end up just drawing gelatin from deep within the bone, which doesn't heal an ulcerated gut lining. So but this is the this is news to me, like literally within the last six months, like Joe mentioned it. And I was like, what do you mean? Like we've been stinking at our houses, making bone broth for all of these years. And we could have just done a simple meat stock, which doesn't take very long at all, does it? So can you give exactly. us a quick, can you give us a quick recipe or a quick idea of how to do a meat stock? Okay. So a chicken meat stock, if you can get... Um, raw frames, feet, necks, fantastic. If not, use drumsticks and wings. Pop them in a pot, just cover with water, add a tablespoon of salt, bring it to the boil on the stove and then let it simmer for two hours, three mats for chicken. For lamb or beef, you do the same thing. I usually do beef stock bones because they're so easy to come across and I put lamb shanks in with it so you get nice... it's a nicer flavour than just the beef on its own. Um, and so I'd bring that oil and let it simmer for three to four hours. So, yeah, so it's all about these, the, what you're actually wanting it for. And the stock should have bone, connective tissue, joint, marrow in it. So that's the kind of cuts you're looking for when you're making your stock. So you want the beef marrow bones, you want the knuckle, you want that 
the, the collagen, you know, those connective tissue around those joints. And so when you're doing those short cooking times and you've got the salt in there, you're actually pulling out those connective tissue amino acids. And then if you cook it, and you know, they're what heals an ulcerated gut lining. So that's what we want. That's what heals and repairs. That's what gives you a nice sticky gelatinous stock. Um, and then when you keep cooking it longer, you cook those out. So you denature those proteins and then it starts just pulling gelatin from deep within the bone, which is still good for you. It's still going to do good things, but it's not going to heal and repair that connective tissue in your gut lining. So people say, oh, but I do my 24-hour 48 stock and it's really gelatinous, so surely it's got what I want in it. It's just that different kind of gelatin. It's the deep within the bone one, not the connective tissue one that we want. And when I've had people come to me that have been doing the bone broths and then they switch to the meat stocks, they notice the difference within a week or so, uh, what they can see with their healing. Um, and if you just, had, yeah, and just another question, if you had like a bit of a histamine intolerance, so doing the meat stocks, would that eliminate that histamine issue or not? Pretty much, yeah. So yeah. it kind of, it's going to decrease the histamine incredibly. Someone with a histamine intolerance just isn't going to tolerate long cooked stocks. Mm. And it will get to the bottom of the histamine issue. So um, when you're not tolerating histamines, there's a lot going on there as to why. Um, but one of the reasons is histidine is a is a molecule in gut lining um, and it can become damaged and then it can become overreactive and um, then you can not be producing enough DAO, which is an enzyme that breaks down histamine. Um, then you can have an imbalance of gut bacteria and you've got all these gut bacteria that's producing histamines. So you can have all these ways in which your histamines then become elevated. When you start doing socks and you start healing and repairing that gut lining, um, those histidine molecules can start functioning properly. You'll start producing your DAO. You start changing that bacteria in your gut. Then you don't have a histamine problem anymore. So yes. So what? So now with that, that with that bone broth bombshell, uh, a lot of people will be like yeah. rewinding and listening to that again. Um, so like, so once we've, so, so say if we want to do the meat stocks, but we're just time poor, are we all right to get those jars of stock from the shop or, or like just use a, a collagen or a gelatin instead? You can do those, but not instead. So it better be equivalent to a bone broth because they are long cooked. There's a lot of processing that goes into those. So I would consider them in line with the bone broth. So if you're wanting to heal and repair an ulcerated gut lining, you want to do meat stocks. And it's as quick as cooking dinner. So if you just did the chicken ones, if you did fish, it would take half an hour. So, you know, if you're cooking yourself dinner, then you could really make yourself a stock. So the one that Joe loves doing is putting a whole chook in and making a stock out of that and then taking that whole chook out and then just splaying it on a tray and sticking it in the oven, you know, put some olive oil and salt on top and roast that and then you get like the nice crispy skin but soft like really beautiful tender meat and then you've got your stock as well um you can also with lamb shanks you could make a lamb shank stew out of it with tomato and that kind of thing you can make pumpkin soup so with the meat stock it makes it much more achievable for time poor people than bone broth yeah i like the idea elise of putting in the lamb shanks that because beef um stocks and broths they're always a bit meh whereas lamb it's just got so much i'm gonna do that and joe's chicken yeah. like that literally tra- i couldn't do a roast chuck without it completely drying out but now that one is yeah. chuck it in a pan poach it then we just chuck ours on the barbecue at the hottest possible until it all goes crispy and there's literally not a morsel left when we do that the whole family loves yeah. it so yummy so yummy which is so, so yeah that's the and that's kind of what gaps looks like so when people get that understanding i i find it becomes more a question not should i do gaps or should i not do gaps it's more like well gaps includes the healing principles of any nourishing diet okay which ones am i going to include how am i going to do that where will that take me that's what i really think the question is i love it and it's almost like um i think if you're committed to wellness and you're on a healing journey it's almost like you feel like you ha- you're not you're not really committed unless you've done gaps, but that's not the case, is it? You, you can take some of the principles of gaps and apply them to what you're already doing. You don't need to 
do the whole protocol and see a consultant, do you? You can just take some of the things you've given us today and do it yourself. And honestly, the people that are the most committed to their health and wellness journey and are ticking the boxes and doing it well are the ones that get to the end of their week and feel like, yep, cool, that was a good week and I managed all of that pretty well and I don't feel completely run down. I feel like that went well. You know, that's what I see as your mark of am I, am I approaching my health in the right way? Love it. Right. Now I'm conscious of time. I could ask you a million other questions, um, but I know you have, um, you have good boundaries on your schedule, at least, which is very commendable. (laughs) So I need to ask you the question because I know people will be particularly keen to hear your answers, but you know, my three gray area questions around any kind of healthy lifestyle is alcohol, chocolate, and coffee, which are usually the three things we really miss when we go on to any kind of clean living journey. So what's at least Comifer's take on those three things? Okay, chocolate's the only one that I consume, not because I have anything against the other two, just that they don't go well for me. Um, But when it comes to many of my clients who ask me those questions or before our first session, they'll be emailing me like, will I have to give up my coffee? Um, Because it's their biggest fear around starting something like GAP. So with the GAP, I'll give you the GAP's perspective on those three things and they're all in so on all gaps you can have um dr natasha recommends having weak um coffee but yeah good organic coffee especially if you do something like bulletproof it's it's there um alcohol is too um dr natasha who is the founder of gaps um she suggests things like gin um scotch you know good like a good red organic preservative free red wine Um, So, you know, really picking really good quality, which most people looking after their wellness are. And chocolate, chocolate's there. Um, And I have no issue with that at all, of course. (laughs) I've never, Um, never, nobody has ever said, no, don't eat chocolate. There's always always been like, it's polarizing the the alcohol and the coffee. Most people have found their version of what works for them. But um, chocolate, everyone's usually 100%. Yeah. But that's fine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's the sugar that's the problem. The chocolate was never the problem. It was the sugar. That's so um, But, yeah, I would just say about alcohol and coffee that it just depends where you're at on your journey because the only issue I see potentially with both of those things is that the liver will prioritise detoxing those over other things that it might need to deal with. So that's just all about your health priority list and um, where that sits as to what your body's going through and if you're really needing to just not push detox because I'm not into pushing detox too much, but just allowing it and, and nurturing your detox pathways, um, then you may, then, you know, having a break from those may fit for you as being the next best step. Oh, you know, this is just, I have to say that I really did have this like, you know, crossed fingers against gaps. Oh my goodness, please don't make me have to do gaps. It sounds awful. But like the intro to gaps does sound a bit full on, but the full gaps like that is so doable. And I think with a few of the, you know, the gaps healing foods, I think if we could scatter a few of those across the week as well, that could really, um, you know, really help and really take things next level. So thanks for making it seem so not as daunting and not like some really harsh protocol that's just going to make you feel like you can't go out anymore and your kids are going to throw the dinner on the floor and have a tantrum like this can be done, right? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm so happy to be sharing that message because a lot of people throw the baby up with the bathwater with gaps and it's like, mm. oh, no, too full on, can't do that, you know, don't want to know about it. But really when it comes down to it, the people that really need to do intro, they already want to do it because they're so unwell anyway. And what I find is for some people doing intro, the introduction phase of gaps is becoming like a gold standard, like a mark you can put on your shield of like, I did GAPS intro, so that makes I'm, I'm a wellness queen. Yeah, um, yeah I'm more wellness oriented. Yeah, so I'm trying to kind of, yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to kind of break that stigma because now GAPS is becoming so mainstream. It's really understanding who needs to go there with the introduction phase of GAPS and it's definitely not just families that are, wanting to improve things with gut health, can see there's a few niggly issues along the way and they're just wanting to boost nutrition for their family, then you're really looking at you want to take an approach that's not 
harming your health in order to be healthy and that's when if it is causing stress and overwhelm trying to do it with your family um it just might not be necessary so i think it's really looking at yeah the next best step of of what's going to be most important yeah i love it now you've got the gut gut health formula which is a four-week online program that you do with joe and it just sounds incredible and this episode will be going up on july the 24th so you'll have just um started that course with joe but if people are listening to this am i right in saying they can jump on can't they because i think that's what you did with the last round is that right it doesn't matter yeah we leave it a couple of days and just let people any last minuteers jump on so when everyone's listening to this they should just still be able to jump on and it will possibly be longer than four weeks by then so when they go have a look at it it could be six to eight weeks because something joe and i have just implemented the first we've just held the first round um and we're just still in in the midst of that um first round and one thing we're seeing is we want to spend longer with people so yeah, yeah and the people want fun. it to they, they want the information they want to take time to absorb the information don't they and not kind of like yeah, rush through it exactly yeah. yeah, and the gut health formula is really kind of the epitome of everything I talked about there, that some people are doing it with us because they want to move towards gaps. Other people are doing it because they just want to bring those healing principles into their family's diet. So it's really kind of, we keep calling it like a choose-your-own-adventure, um, that it's about whatever feels right for your family. We're just teaching those principles. We're teaching how to implement them. Um, and it's really, that's where I go right in depth with your health, you know, your health priority list and um, working on the stress side of things. And yeah. Which I it's love. Fun. And it's, it's so much more, you know, you're going to get a much better outcome than some dogmatic, systemized, this is the way you have to do it. You know, my way exactly. or the highway kind of like, that's just not, you know, yeah. it's just not going to work. So, you know, if you've looked at those approaches or you've tried those approaches and they haven't worked for you, then congratulations, you're normal. Go and do something a little bit more compassionate and personalized with Elise. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what what yeah. Joe and I want to teach people how to take care of their own health and how to go on that health journey and build that for yourself and your family, not just go, okay, here's the protocol. We're going to do it for six weeks, join on this day and we'll start and you've got to do this, this and this. So it's kind of like that whole teaching someone to fish rather than just feeding them. Yeah. Um, we're really teaching people how to build their approach to health and what principles are most important and why and how to implement those. And we're teaching people, you know, Joe's so great at the um, meal planning and bulk cooking and keeping food simple in the kitchen. And um, so she does lots of cooking videos and things like that in there, which is great. So, yeah, we're really kind of building that foundation for people so we can be in charge of our own health, which that's the most important thing. That is, it's, imp- it's about empowerment, which is so much more um, useful than a protocol that, you know, you're out of it and then you don't know what you're going to do after that. Now, there's also the exactly. um, group coaching with you. So there's a 10-week program, which you limit to three families. And so I guess um, the best place for people to go would be elisecommerford.com to find that and yep. how to work with you. Yeah. Yeah, go there and they can email support at elisecomerford.com. So that one is GAPS group coaching. Um, So that's for people that are wanting to either kind of move towards full GAPS or are looking at intro um, GAPS. So, yeah, and with the group coaching, it is nice and small. I only work with three families at a time so that we can keep that quite intimate. And then there's my one-on-one coaching as well. So you can find that on my website too. Perfect. Perfect. Right. I'm going to let you go. But I do have to say, you didn't give me your address so I could send out some Primal Alternative goodies. So that must mean you absolutely can't stand Primal Alternative goodies. You don't want any? No. I didn't get that email. Now I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to get my address. Sorry. Send me, send me your um, best address and we'll get some. And you can even tell me what you want if there's stuff on there that you know you like. I know you've tried them before. Yeah, I want to try the bagels. I haven't tried the bagels yet. I've been eyeing them off. Well, they're good. Have you tried the pancakes? They're really good. Oh. So the, I've tried the fat and seedy bread and the fat and seedy pizza and I've had the cookies and I've had the hemp bread. So I've had a few things. Do you like them? I love them. And I've met the primalista that's in my area. She's in Brunswick Heads. She's lovely. She helped Joe and I at one of our Yeah. 
Yes, a bit confusing. I said, why have you not called your business Primal Alternative by Helen? She was like, duh. I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. People think it was me. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Seriously, you have shared so much kind of relief and um, insight and empowering vibes around gaps. So thank you so much for your time today, Elise. You're a legend. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.